0: Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local, it's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody, everybody. Bart Winkler, Sam Schmitz. Let's get a mic check over there, Schmitzy. Microphone check. One, two. What is this? Sounding crisp. Your boy on the ones and twos. We've got Jim Paschke coming up at 830. Sort of a love letter to him. Uh, I'm excited to talk to Jim. Jim's the nicest guy ever. At least that's what he appears to be. And then when you meet him, you are like, yeah, that's true. He is the nicest guy ever. Of course, calling the Bucks on Valley Sports Wisconsin. This is final season. We'll talk to him at 8.30. Pat Baldwin, Sr. Father of Patrick Baldwin, Jr. The number four recruit in the country is going to go to Milwaukee, which did start to cause a little bit of a ripple nationally. He was recruited by Duke, Georgetown, among others. And he was he's the highest Wisconsin recruit ever. I mean, he's coming to Milwaukee. And so if you're not familiar with the situation here that he has gone to school here now and that his his dad's the coach at Milwaukee uh, and you're from outside of the state or even outside of the area, you're like, what the hell? And it could be a a trend or a sea change for how kids that are going to be future lottery picks, you could, you could say, you could speculate uh, how they, how they spend their college time. So we'll talk to the coach of your Milwaukee Panthers. As season ticket demand was in full swing yesterday,
1: did you sign up yet, Schmitzi? No, not yet. But I, I trust me, I will be there at every game. I was talking to Evan yesterday. It was like, <laughs> hey, we should, we should like take you know the opportunity. We should become like those uh, broadcasters and semi pro. Okay, yeah, just become the you know play by play announcers for the uh, Milwaukee Panthers. Maybe here on twelve fifty AM fan. We'll see. I think that they're on uh, station already. Well, we'll just have our own. We'll just like, we'll do Twitch and make people pay to watch it.
0: I don't know if they have exclusive rights. I, I think that they're, no. I think that the Panthers would be like, yeah, all the radio stations can broadcast us if you want. What the hell do we care? Hell yeah, all stations. Right. Why not? So yeah, that could be something that you guys do. Uh, I was looking at some tickets. I may get into the buy season tickets
1: and flip the uh, line of work. You're just gonna become a scalper. <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Ah, uh, maybe. Come on, dude. It's TW <laughs> Like it's the one time we have to shine. I know, and I want to profit off of it. Oh man, you're like, <laughs> just, you see, you see this opportunity just like NBA Top Shot. Yeah,
0: my eyes turn to dollar signs. You're ridiculous, man. <laughs> every the, every every situation that that that's possible. We'll talk to Patrick Baldwin, senior, the head coach at 9:30. So we've got uh, some really good guests to talk to. Some really good basketball voices to talk to here today. Uh, Horvat joins us for the Hor- Horvat Happy Hour at seven, and Rami McLaugh will squeeze him somewhere in there too. Rom dog. We'll talk about the Brewers, Brandon Woodruff putting up insanely good numbers since the uh, opening day start that did not go so well for him, but he has been very good in his, I believe, seven outings since Brewers. Benefit on a few Cardinals mistakes last night to get the victory. So we'll talk about that coming up. The Packers schedule we got to take a look at, but we start where any show would start when they have a signing like this. Blake Bortles is going to be a Green Bay Packer. Blake Bortles, a longtime quarterback with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Blake Bortles, who has a career record of 24 and 49. If you're interested in that sort of thing, spent 5 years with the Jaguars as primarily their starter, did go 10 and 6 in 2017, took his team to the AFC Championship game in which the Jaguars really should have won that game. There were a few calls that benefited New England. Had two playoff wins that year. So if you look at the stat that's going around, two playoff wins. Since 2017, Blake Bortles has two, Aaron Rodgers has two. He then spent 2019 as the backup in uh, Los Angeles and then uh, didn't, didn't do anything last year. So he, who has played with Nathaniel Hackett when our offensive coordinator was there in Jacksonville, some familiarity there is going to be a Green Bay Packer. And I saw this news and, you know, just like when the Packers brought in, they're bringing in Chad Kelly and another guy just for rookie camp. All right. You need just bring in some arms. If it's just going to be Jordan Love, if we don't know if or when Aaron Rodgers is going to return to this team, just bring him in and, you know, have bodies and and maybe something hits. But what I was seeing yesterday was people panicking that Blake Bortles was signing with the Green Bay Packers. Legitimately panicking. And I'm going to bring up one guy in specific. Instead of subtweeting and and only I know about it, I'm gonna mention a guy who I've had a skirmish or two with on Twitter, fellow Blue Check Zach Cruz. Uh, Zach Cruz writes for the USA Today Packers Wire. I don't know if it's his full time gig or, or what, but if there, so sometimes when I go after other Blue Check marks, like I did last night when I owned Benjamin Albright. You can look at that on Twitter. Maybe I'll talk about that later at Winks Thinks. What others will they'll they'll look at me on Twitter and say, Oh, this guy's got this guy's got uh clout envy. Bart's just jealous that these other guys have more clout than him. I don't even know what that means. So that's not true. I will say though, that if there's one guy I'm jealous about, it's Zach Cruz. Because Zach Cruz doesn't do anything, and he gets a ton of uh, credit for it. Like, Zach Cruz has 40,000 followers, and he can tweet, the Packers just scored a touchdown, and it gets 3,000 likes. And yeah, you, ch- you, chase, li- you chase likes sometimes when you're in the, the Twitter game. The Packers will start and finish the season on the road for the third straight season, he tweeted yesterday. 523 likes. What? This is nothing. So he's a guy yesterday who sees the Blake Bortles signing and tweets, Are you guys worried about Aaron Rodgers now? Man, this conflict is real now. Obviously, the Packers need QBs. They don't make this move. If Rogers is in camp, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I use him as an example because I saw a lot of people yesterday and talked to some too that saw the Blake Bortles signing as it opened their eyes that this Rogers situation is real. This Rogers situation has always been real. It's been real. Rodgers, wh- wh- how did you not think it was real? Rodgers has dissension with the team. The-, the team's like begging him to come back. Rodgers hasn't talked about any of this in two weeks. How-, how could you not think it was real? Yes, the reporting around it has been super sloppy. Adam Schefter had a lot of information that he released on the most unnecessary day to release it because... Some other blue checks out there were being sloppy and reporting rumors as news. Then you've got TV anchors in Green Bay just saying, "Oh, I saw Aaron Rodgers." Oh no, uh, it was a, it was a tree. Oh no, it was a, it was just a jersey on a rack. I got confused. What? So the reporting around this situation has been sloppy, but the 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 dissension, the rift between Rodgers and the Packers has always been real. The signing of Blake Bortles shouldn't be the thing that opens your eyes. It should be that reporters like Rob Damaski are saying 5% chance he comes back. It should be that John Kuhn and James Jones and A.J. Hawk are out there now trying to massage the situation and say, no, this is fixable. John Kuhn's getting a second career out of all this. I mean, this has always been real. The Blake Bortles signing is what tripped your trigger? Absolutely not. Now, do the Packers bring in Blake Bortles if Aaron Rodgers is in camp? That we don't know. Maybe. It is possible. Is Jordan Love ready to be QB2? We don't know. The Packers don't know. Is he ready to be QB1? I don't think so. There's a lot of questions that, uh, that come out of this. Well, if you're going to bring in Blake Bortles, why don't you just bring back Tim Boyle? Yeah, I would have brought back Tim Boyle. But if they brought back Tim Boyle, nobody, like, cares. But then when you bring back, when you bring in Blake Bortles, you're like, oh, my, I mean, they're bringing in Blake Bortles. They didn't, like, just trade for Russell Wilson, and you're like, oh, I guess Rodgers isn't going to be the quarterback. Blake Bortles ain't starting. Oh, my God, Blake Bortles? Oh, he was referenced on The Good Place. Good show. It's Blake Bortles, man. This this shouldn't be the bat signal that there's problem in paradise. Trouble in paradise. This shouldn't be it. Now, will Blake Bortles, if Rodgers is not the quarterback, will he start over Jordan Love? I I don't know. Dude. Do you want to have that conversation today? <laughs> Do you, do you want to talk about that right this second? I don't I don't know. We'll see what happens in camp. But they brought in Blake Bortles, okay. Rodgers is still under contract. He's still a Packer. This isn't a this isn't a warning sign like oh Rodgers is gone. The Packers could have done this because they need again, you need training camp arms. They could be just protecting themselves if Rodgers doesn't come after June 1st, if he doesn't come for the OTAs or the mini camp. They could have a hunch that he's not going to come. He could have told them, look, we'll talk about this, but I'm absolutely not coming in June. Okay. They they could have done that. I don't think this is anything more than there was a free agent quarterback and the Packers signed him. Now, if Rodgers leaves, if the Packers trade, Aaron Rodgers to Denver? Well, they'll probably get Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke in return. And that person will probably start. Or Jordan Love. I ironically love Blake Bortles as much as the next guy. But I don't think he's starting for the Green Bay Packers in week one of this football season. 414 799 1250. John is in Franklin. John, good morning.
2: Uh, good morning, Mark. Unfortunately, we're still talking about this story instead of the uh, nice comeback late for the Brewers yesterday yeah give
0: me 15 minutes and we'll get into the Brewers if you if you don't mind
2: I understand just hate to see Woodruff have that start going away but anyway
0: I just have to uh I just had to start the show by blasting some guy that probably doesn't even know who I am
2: I gotta tell you so you know, I'm I'm not going to be running out and getting a Blake Bortles jersey. But the Packers have to do what the Packers have to do. And anybody that is now under the realization that this thing's real, well, well welcome to the club. Um, obviously, obviously, the thing is just a mess. And if you know, I- until we hear from the man himself, it's all rampant speculation. I, I, don't, I don't care what any player or any Reporter has to say on this. I'll listen to it. But I'm not jumping off any buildings until I hear from the man himself. And the fact that we're not hearing from the man himself is, you know, concerning because this Packer Nation is twisting in the Mm -hmm. room. But he's got to do what he's got to do. I understand that. This is his livelihood. But, you know, I just wish he would talk. I wish he would say something. You know, the Packers have to bring, they have to do the Mm -hmm. blue villages they have to bring in a, a third quarterback, what they were going to go into the season with two, this isn't news. Uh, I, I don't think this is leverage. The problem with this whole thing with Rogers, if we're to believe what the facts seem to be as we understand them, the problems between him and Gutekunst are unfixable. You can't get the draft back. You can't get lost opportunities back. Is a couple more million dollars going to fix that? I I don't know Aaron Rodgers, but it doesn't seem to me that the things that he's up, what, are you going to bring Jordy Nelson back? Kumaro? I mean, I I don't think these things are fixable.
0: Yeah, when John Kuhn Kuhn last night was talking, um, I think he was with, well, I I think John Kuhn was with a bunch of people yesterday. But he was talking about how the, the situation he thinks is fixable. I don't think this is, I'm with you, John. I don't think this is about money. If it was about money, I think they would have given him more money. I think it's about, he wants to commit to, he's committed to Green Bay and he wants that commitment back. And then also there's things that he did that he's just, there's things that Gutekinds did that Rogers isn't willing to, um, Rogers isn't willing to forgive. And so how do you, how do you fix that rift between two people?
2: I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, in my heart, still believe he's going to be under center on game one. But would I bet a lot of money on it? No. My heart, my Packer fan inside of me is, I'm not saying I'm praying, but, man, I'm hoping. You know, I want him to be under center. But, like I said, this is all speculation because all we've heard is from all the experts and all the prognosticators. But we haven't heard from the only person that matters the only person that matters. Until I hear from him, you know, then I'll start, you know, figuring out what's going to happen here along with everybody else. But bringing Blake Bortles in, that's that's like a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, like I, I, it is just sports, so I would never pray on it, but last night I was, I did have my knees on the side of my bed and my arms folded, and I did look up to the ceiling, and I was saying, please, please, please let Aaron Rodgers come back. I wouldn't consider that praying, but I was I was yeah. I was Party. just talking to myself while
2: on my knees. Party, God's got bigger fish to fry than the Packers' <laughs> problem. God's got a lot of fish to
0: fry right now.
2: I love you, man. I'm out.
0: All right. Love you too, Johnny. John and Franklin, 799-1250, 414-799-1250. There are a lot of fish that need to be fried. We'll just uh, keep sticking to sports hashtag here. On the fans. So Blake Bortles in the fold. Will he be the starting quarterback week one when the Packers take on the New Orleans Saints? We knew this yesterday morning, this drop that the Packers would take on the Saints week one. 325 window on Fox. At the same time, the Denver Broncos go to the Giants, also on Fox. So Fox is guaranteed to have Aaron Rodgers. If you didn't hear anyone make that joke, I'm proud to be the first for you to hear and the nine millionth to make it. Now, this has shaken out similar to how I thought it would in terms of what does the NFL schedule look like and what do the schedule makers do With primetime games in the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers have as many primetime games as any other team. They are tied for the league lead in that as they always are. People watch the Packers. But the question is, without Aaron Rodgers, will they still watch the Packers? Especially if Jordan Love is your starting quarterback or Drew Locke or whoever, and the Packers are four and seven or five and ten at the time are people gonna tune in to the Packers so they front-loaded and back-loaded this thing or put the Packers in games where you're gonna watch anyway national TV games week two Monday night football against Detroit okay early in the season the worst the Packers can be is and one it's Monday night football you're watching Packers, Detroit, okay. Week three, they're on Sunday night football at San Francisco. The worst the Packers can be is 0-2. Packers, Green Bay, that's a historic matchup. LaFleur and Shanahan are buddies. You're still gonna watch it regardless. All right, their next primetime game, nationally televised game, is week eight. But that's a Thursday nighter at Arizona. Well, geez, there's worse Thursday night matchups than that. The Panthers play the Texans on a Thursday night this year. Hey, anybody can play on Thursday night. Those of us that love this game, we watch Thursday night football. Then the Packers don't have another primetime game until week 14 against the Bears. Packers-Bears rivalry, always worth being on national TV. Maybe at that point, the Packers are 6-6 six and six and the Bears are... 6-6. Six and six. It, That's still a national draw. But Sunday Night Football, that late in the season, that could get flexed. So if the Packers are struggling without Aaron Rodgers, that could get flexed. They play on Christmas Day. There's a doubleheader Christmas Day. Well, I mean, you're going to watch that. Everybody's going to watch that. Last year on Christmas Day, the Vikings and the Saints played, it had monster ratings. The NFL is going to try to do with Christmas what they did with Thanksgiving. And even though the NBA's like, wait, 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 Christmas is ours, the NFL's like, get the hell out of our way. We're taking over Christmas. And we don't even need to put our marquee games on there to do it. You want to put Lakers, Clippers? You want to put Bucks, Sixers? Okay, we're going to put Packers, Browns. And I think the other one is. Colts, Cardinals. We're, we're just gonna we're just gonna pick two random teams out of a hat and crush you in the ratings. So that's week sixteen, and then week seventeen Sunday Night Football, another game. This is against Minnesota, but this can also get flexed. So the Packers do have their normal share of primetime games, but they're either early in the season when there's still a lot of interest and intrigue. And having Jordan Love as your quarterback, if that's what happened, is not going to kill ratings. And then they're at the end of the season where, yeah, if you've got Aaron Rodgers, now you're in a playoff run. And if you've got Jordan Love, and I'm assuming they would be not as good with Jordan Love as the quarterback, you're just going to flex those games out. So that's what the primetime schedule looks like. I'd love to win-loss this
1: thing. Maybe we will with Horvat. Uh, I already have. Oh, did you? Yeah, give it to me. I got well. What do you want with Rodgers or with Love? Both. Uh, with Rodgers, I got them going twelve and five. Okay. With uh, Love, I got them going six and eleven. Where are your losses with Rodgers? Ooh, I would say, just looking at it. I'm going to loss with San Francisco just because we know how Shanahan go, you know is against the floor. I think it's a loss against Pittsburgh if Devin Bush is healthy. Just that defense is ridiculous. I don't. I don't like Ben Roethlisberger, but I think that offense is good enough. Let's see. Who else? I st- I have them losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, too. I mean, if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, I don't see them beating Kansas City. I have also have them losing to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I know you're not all in on Matthew Stafford with the Rams. Not yet. But I am. I think that's just such a key factor, and their defense is good enough with Aaron Donald and the rest of them, so that... I think I have them also losing to Baltimore and Cleveland, too. A lot of these AFC North teams, I got them losing to. They're just tough Cleveland
0: on... at home against the—on Christmas Day, you got the Packers losing? I just
1: I just got a bad feeling about, you know, Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney, mm. and then them ground and pounding with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And if Odell Beckham Jr., too, is back, I mean, I just think there's a little too much all-around talent there. And you got to account for injuries, too, and stuff like that. It's not like this team's going to be healthy all the way in Week 16 and all that. One thing that people are excited about is the end of the schedule.
0: So they start primarily on the road. They've got four of their first six on the road. They've actually got six of their first nine on the road. So the Packers are going to be road warriors to start the season, which means you have more games at home in December and now into January. There were years where it seems like the NFL purposely kept the Packers out of Lambo in January or December and it was really odd. Uh, but this year there's a lot of outdoor games. But they don't have their bye week till week 13. And Adrian Amos was tweeting about that last night. He goes, "Wait, we got a we got a bye week in week 13. How's that fair? Oh, I guess we have to play 30 games to get to the Super Bowl anyway. What's it matter?" So week 13 is an insanely week bye week. We're going to get past Thanksgiving before the Packers get a week of rest so that is going to be a challenge for the team New Orleans Detroit San Fran Pittsburgh Cincinnati Chicago Washington Arizona KC, Seattle Minnesota the Rams by Chicago Baltimore Cleveland Minnesota Detroit that is 17 games do not forget 17 games in this 2021 schedule check out 1250 am the fan for more Details. I don't know Can I win loss this thing Let me win loss it quick with Rodgers They'll beat the Saints They'll beat Detroit <sighs> uh, With Rodgers They'll beat the Niners They'll beat Pittsburgh They'll beat Cincinnati They'll beat Chicago They'll beat Washington Go to Arizona They'll beat them Could they lose to Kansas City hmm, That'll be a win They'll beat Seattle. They'll beat Minnesota. They'll beat LA. They'll beat Chicago. They'll beat Baltimore. Cleveland's a win. Minnesota, Detroit. I got them at seventeen and zero.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: I think uh, I think most of you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah. It's, yeah. Let's see. Would Jordan love?
1: Uh well, the loser the Saints.
0: Yeah. I mean, Taysom Hill.
1: This is uh, it's looking bad when you win, loss it, and all that with Love, and then there's like you know five, six games losing streaks, and you're like oh man.
0: Detroit, San Fran, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Yeah, with Jordan Love, I got them going 0-17. Mm, interesting. Expert yeah. analysis there, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Blake Bortles is the starting quarterback, give me, give me 14 and 3. <laughs> no. Maybe the other way around. And if 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 the Packers trade and get Drew Locke in here, give me No, Teddy Bridgewater. Give me the Packers have quit by week eight and have folded as a
1: franchise. No, Teddy Bridgewater, man. Bridgewater? Ah, Bridgewater give me like nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah. What about my boy, uh, Chad Kelly? I don't really consider. I think he just, I don't think he's going to make the roster. (laughs) He'll be cut before the regular season starts. He might be cut before the show's over. He's just a training camp arm. (laughs) He might be cut in a few minutes. So more on the schedule throughout
0: the show. And again, uh, Blake Bortles, welcome to Green Bay. That could be a big matchup, November 28th. Blake Bortles takes on his former team, the LA Rams. People forget he did back up the LA uh, Rams and Jared Goff. Blake Bortles backed up Jared Goff. If anybody is wondering how good Blake Bortles still is. Bart Winkler, Sam Schmitz, 414-799-1250. You can tweet us, 1250 AM, The Fan. Check out Window Select, 262-703-3500, 262 703 windowselect.com for all of your needs on the exterior of the home we're talking windows we're talking siding we're talking doors beautiful customizable entryway doors you've got the door of your dreams now if you're if you're a little younger you might think the door of my dreams trust me you get to an age where you have a door of your dreams so if you have a door of your dreams windows select can make that happen for you Windows siding and doors, 262-703-3500, 262-703-3500windowselect.com. They have got the buy one, get one deal on the windows. Good for as many windows as you need. You could need 900 windows. The deal continues for you. You would get 450 windows for free. This is an incredible offer they have on top of their other offers, including no payments for a full year when you... Do get their products installed with Windows Select. Also, everything comes with a double lifetime warranty, double lifetime warranty at Windows Select. So your products are going to last. If something happens, no questions asked. They will come out and repair those for you. Again, Windows Select 262 703 3500. 262 703 3500. Check them out, windowselect.com. Did the Brewers play better last night or did the Cardinals? kind of gift them a victory i think it's more of the uh ladder there we'll talk brewers cardinals and just an incredible start after the rough opening day appearance that wasn't brandon woodruff like he has been terrific we'll tell you how terrific coming up swing and a fly ball hit well to center bader drifting back onto the warning track slips and falls And is able to score as Harrison Bader made the catch on the warning track,
1: slipped, the ball popped out and Kane scored. Wow.
0: So that's how the Brewers needed to score a run. They needed a little bit of help from the Cardinals in the outfield with Harrison Bader. Lorenzo Kane scores and I've never seen a guy so happy to cross home plate as I was when Lorenzo Kane was in the dugout having the time of his life. So Brewers get the run. They keep Woodruff in into the eighth inning, which was the right decision. We all agree. And then of course he gives up a home run to Tyler o- O'Neal, who barely got it over the right field fence. And we're talking barely got it over where the restaurant normally is that ATI club or whoever sponsored it these days. That has been a COVID casualty. We'll see if they open that back up anytime soon with fans essentially on the field, if you have those seats, but he was able to uh, barely get it over and get the home run. So things were tied. So the Brewers, they had one run, the benefit of an error. And then how the hell was this team going to score another run? Eighth inning, Colton Wong lines out one out eighth inning Lorenzo Cain flies out two outs eighth inning Daniel Vogelbach strikes out three outs question mark wild pitch so Vogelbach advances the first so the Brewers essentially they're on borrowed time here or they have uh, they have house money they've got house money they've got they they should have had their third out but Vogie's on first. So Pablo Reyes comes in, and Travis Shaw comes up to the plate. And normally in baseball, when you make an unforgivable mistake, you have to pay for it. And the Cardinals did. Shaw to right center. It's.
2: the never and a huge smile there from Reyes come off the bench pitch run and better make sure those hamstrings are loose as he had to get it into top speed right away Shaw hit this ball so hard
0: and then, of course the classic TV duo of Jeff Levering and Chris Singleton who are still getting to know each other in the Fox Sports Wisconsin booth as the uh, chairs the musical chairs in there continue so the Cardinals are like, all right, 2-1. And by Fox Sports Wisconsin, you know I meant Bally Sports Wisconsin. I just said it to be vintage and retro. And then Garcia comes to the plate. Now Garcia, how about some more insurance? Wow,
2: what a shot by Harvey.
0: Up and over the Miller Lite beer pad in left center. Josh Hader then allows a few guys on the bases, but shuts it down for another save, and the Brewers win 4-1. So two nights ago, they cannot get any offense, especially when they need it. Uh, last night, they still, I mean, they still couldn't really get any offense unless the Cardinals gave them that opening. The air that allowed Lorenzo Kane to score earlier in the game and then in the eighth inning where Vogelbach had struck out, but the wild pitch allowed him to get the first and then the runs started to come in. Now, John Means, this, this, this strikeout, Guy advancing to first. This was a discussion a couple weeks ago because John Means for the Orioles threw a no hitter. And the only thing that kept him from a perfect game was he struck a guy out, but because of a wild pitch, that guy was able to get to first base. And there's been a lot of discussion about that. Should that actually be an out? If you swing on the third strike, why do you get to go to first base? You're out. You had three strikes. You used them
1: all. You are out. Do you have an opinion on this, Sam, where you stand on this? I think it should stand. You know, with the drop third strike, the catcher has to complete the process. So you got to, it's got to be in the glove. Yeah. For yeah. the out. I look at it like, you know, in the NFL, like, what is a catch? You got to complete the process. Even though he swung. Even though he swung. It's been a rule for since, you know, I don't know how long it's been a rule, but if it's been around here this long. Let's not go, you know, 2021 where we got to change everything. And, you know, it's, it's been around for so long. I think we can live with it. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I
0: don't know if I have a burning hot take on this or not. I never thought that it should be changed until people started talking about it with John means the other day, because when that is the thing that separates you from a perfect game and a no hitter, it's kind of a bummer. He still got the no hitter, but he had the out. And you get it, you get a free out. So I'm sure St. Louis fans today are thinking, "Well, wait a minute, that kind of sucks." We 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 got out of the inning. We had a one, two, three inning, and then Vogelbach, Vogelbach of all people, trots his way down the first because of the wild pitch. It's been the rule forever. Sam's right; they are changing a boatload of rules. But uh,
1: I, I, one way or another, I don't have an opinion on it right now. I think I like it. I know a lot of people... Because the Brewers won. I know a lot of people hate it, especially I've heard Max Scherzer just blast this rule. Well, I think the pitchers don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is like I think Pitching Ninja on Twitter kind of started this whole trend this year that it shouldn't be a rule. And then other people, like national reporters, hopped on it and gave their opinion. So it's it's mostly the complaint of the pitchers that's fueling this. Well, I mean, think of the pitchers. Think of how you're trying to get a guy out. So I think of... Immediately
0: when I think of low and away, if you're going to throw low and away to get a guy to swing, I think of Corey Hart. So let's say that you're a pitcher and you know this guy bites on everything you throw low and away and you want to strike him out because he's going to swing. So you throw low and away, he swings at it, but your catcher can't get there. So the pitcher's getting penalized. Well, even though the guy, you got him to swing. You got him to commit to the strike,
1: but it's your catcher failed you. Well, let's look at it like this if you're in extra innings or you know if there's a runner on third base and you're the batter and it's a you know drop third strike or whatever what we're just gonna call the inning and the ball goes to the backstop while the runner can't have a chance to score we're just gonna we're just gonna call it there that's the inning no i I get what you're saying. It's a rule that is being i mean baseball baseball
0: i think is a long way from being perfect to the point where everyone's like, all right, we're done with the rules. These are the rules and let's keep them like this because there's constantly tweaks and there's a lot of the, I think the, the hot discussions this year have been about the rules that have been implemented that have changed. I think the, uh, you have to face three batters thing is still stupid. And I, that's the one I always forget about. The extra inning runner, it is exciting and it is thrilling. I don't like it in principle. I enjoy watching it. I don't like that I enjoy watching it. I it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense, but yet I'm constantly intrigued by it and find it to be fun. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the strike zone this year because it, <laughs> umpires seem to have gotten worse with the
1: strike zone. <laughs> and, and Robot robot strike zones are coming at some point. Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. There was a strike called on Mookie Betts, I think, two nights ago, where it was just it was so bad. It was so inside. It was about a foot inside and umpires still called him out. Isn't the strike zone weird to begin with? Yeah. I mean I get what you're saying. I mean it's arbitrary. It's it's not it doesn't it's not
0: you just it's not a real thing. But we all know it's a real thing. Like, we can watch a pitcher throw and say, well, that's a strike or that's a ball. But uh, there's there's no, like, you have to throw it in a certain box or a certain frame. There's the guidelines. Yeah, the knees, the shoulders. You know, we, we get what the strike zone is. But it can it changes based on how tall the batter is. It's just weird. It's just a weird thing that we have just accepted. And now we want to automate something that that doesn't technically exist. Although if you you frame it there and then go from there, I suppose. Bart Winkler, Sam Schmitz, four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. You can tweet us twelve fifty a.m. The fan. So offensively, the Brewers do luck in to four runs. You know, Garcia hit the home run, of course, but he really shouldn't have been up in that situation had the out been secured. But the Brewers do get the victory. They do beat the Cardinals. And now the rubber matches today at twelve forty. And I hate to break this
1: to you, but the game is on YouTube only. That's fine. It's if you have YouTube TV, you can it's just another channel for you. Oh, so I guess yeah, most people like this. Yeah. And you can just, you know, I've if you have YouTube TV, chances are you have something that also has the YouTube app, so you you can really access it anywhere. All right. So all you people that are struggling to get Bally Sports, you like this. Yeah, this is a... Because on YouTube. This is a game you don't have to worry about, you know, watching, you know, using somebody else's account or whatever. But for me, who I like to just watch it on my TV, Mm. I got to pull up the fire stick. See this part? It's the world's smallest violin. I got... (laughs) I I got (laughs) to... I got to
0: find YouTube. I got to find the stream. You know who always has a hard time with this is like bars, because they're like, oh uh, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know how they do that, but I mean, who's going to the bar at you know twelve forty on a Thursday? I'm actually going to a bar today to watch the game,
0: or that was my plan.
1: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> it's a good one. Corbin Burns versus Jack Flaherty. We got a pitchers duel going. So here.
0: I'm gonna go to the bar. They're gonna have MLB Network on, and I'm gonna be watching it on my phone. Is what's gonna happen.
1: Probably. Who
0: who goes to the bar 1240
1: on a Thursday? Who are you talking to, friend? Because I don't think we've had YouTube. When I was working in the bars, I don't think they had YouTube TV games or YouTube games yet. So I don't know if we ever had to address that Did they have Facebook
0: games at that point? That was the rage a couple years ago.
1: I think they did, but I don't think we ever – we were, like, closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, so I don't think it probably – Yeah, you just just said screw it. Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: Bar Winkler, Sam Schmitz, the game again on YouTube today. 414-799-1250. Corbin Burns back – Brandon Woodruff yesterday, great. We'll take a look at how just an insanely great start. He had the bad opening day, or for him, a rough opening day ever since then. He's been tremendous. More on that next.
2: No, to be honest, um, I I really didn't know where my pitch count was until, you know, probably about the 7th. I didn't have a – honestly, I'm so focused on – what my job is to do that I'd I really just lose track of that. Um, but then I kind of peaked there in about the seventh and realized I had a pretty good pitch count. But um, just ran into a little bit of trouble there in the in the eighth and gave up a couple of hits. But and, and then walk and then a walk there, so it kind of um, put it on the back burner a little bit for complete game. So um, definitely the right time to come out and make the change there. Um, and, you know, I I really didn't pay attention to it that much, to be honest.
0: Brandon Woodruff was really dealing again last night. Again, the starting pitching for the Brewers has been incredible. And you cannot waste. You're going to waste a game or two every now and then when you have a good starting pitching performance. But you can't make it a habit. And the Brewers wasted Freddie Peralta's outing the other night. And it looked like they were going to waste Brandon Woodruff's again. As they only had one run through the seven innings, he finishes what he does seven and two thirds, gives up the one earned. It was the home run that barely got out of there and struck out 10. His ERA at 164 for the season. And if you take out opening day, he's had seven starts. They've all been quality starts. In those seven starts, 45 and two thirds innings, he's at a 119 ERA. So the 164 ERA is already tremendous. But if you just go with the seven after opening day, a 119 ERA, a 0.61 whip, and 58 Ks. Woodruff has been terrific. I mean, you look right, you look right now and say, oh, Corbin Burns, he's you, you can't be better than him. Uh, Brandon Woodruff. Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, now who is back, and he was asymptomatic, did have COVID, so he's back. And he got some workouts on the Peloton bike. I feel like I have to mention that because everybody else did. Hey, did you know that in the uh off season Brandon Woodruff played catch with his wife? What? Yeah, people forget. Hey, did you know that uh Giannis is gonna be a dad again for the second time?
1: Yeah. I didn't realize that until like ten thirty last night. Good for Oh him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big news. Congrats. Big news. He could be Giannis. a freak on the court and on the shit. Oh you God. know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean, how many how many kids are you gonna have there? So that's two, and he's got four brothers. I would assume probably the same amount of his brothers. See, I have three brothers, and we had one kid, and i there's no no.
1: He ain't getting no brother. I don't know. I thought he was No gonna... sister. I thought he was just gonna be fine with Liam and all that. I wasn't expecting another one until like a couple of years. This is this is quick. This is this is quick. Quick turnaround. A very quick turnaround. Hey, did you see what our good good buddy Adam McCalvey tweeted about Woodruff? Uh, what did our good good buddy Adam McCalvey say? Brandon Woodruff has the lowest run support per nine innings of any qualifying starting pitcher in the majors at the moment.
0: Yeah. Uh not surprised.
1: So he is the new Jacob deGrom.
0: Yeah, what are the top three? Him, Burns, and Freddie probably. Yes. <laughs>
1: I... I got that for you right here, Todd.
0: Thank you. And then maybe DeGrom. Nah, DeGrom's been getting
1: pretty good run support.
0: Yeah, the Mets are winning, I guess. I haven't seen the Mets play in a week. I just, everyone I follow on Twitter for some reason loves to talk about the Mets. So Woodruff, though, Woodruff has been great. You can't waste these performances. You can't waste these outings. And the Brewers do get a good outing from Woodruff, and thanks to... It's done air by the Cardinals. And thanks to that drop third strike, the Brewers do get four runs, win four to one, 20 and 17 on the season, two games back at the Cardinals at this point at 22 and 15, Brandon Woodruff getting better with every
1: game. Craig council. It's a lot of fun watching like a pitcher that a good pitcher even become better. Um, and, and that's a really good pitcher become better. And that's, that's kind of what's happening right now. And, um, you know, it's just everything's just a little bit better. I think with him, and he's completely in control of kind of his, you know, emotional state out there. And it's it's just he's competing really well. Nothing nothing really gets him off it. And um, and then he's just got an incredible fastball, and that the fastball that he can just pour in the strike zone, located. Um, just makes the hitter, hitter have to be aggressive because he's throwing so many strikes and um, you know, he's able to kind of get through innings pretty pretty efficiently. I mean, look at
0: the staff right now. This is the staff that we have dreamed about. I've been, I've been screaming for a good starting pitcher forever, and the Brewers have had these guys growing and growing and growing. Woodruff, Burns, Freddie, Hauser's been good. Oh, Hauser's last two starts. I don't know who the hell the five is right now. Anderson. Well, but he, Brett Anderson pitches that a.k.a.
1: bullpen day. Hey, it works, though. It's it's been (laughs) working. So we'll just keep riding the lightning.
0: (laughs) Big Brett Anderson fans on the show. But you have this, I mean, this, the stunning pitching, as good as it is, they're three games over 500. So, on one hand, we've been talking all the injuries, all they've had to deal with. Wow, they're 20 and 17. That's amazing. On the other hand, look at this pitching staff. They're only 20 and 17. So, the constant struggle between great pitching and bad hitting uh, continues for this Milwaukee Brewers club. More on the crew throughout the show today. We've got Jim Paschke coming up at eight thirty, basketball. We've got Pat Baldwin Senior nine thirty, loaded show. What about next? <laughs>